0: Listening to America's Web Radio, and now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber.
1: And good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you tuned in and uh, turned on. I hope today it's uh, Memorial Day weekend, and we want to uh, first express our thanks to all the veterans that have served and uh, those that have given the ultimate sacrifice and their families As, uh, you know, uh, with the way our country is today, not only celebrate, but take the time to uh, say a little prayer for our country and for the people that are serving today. With that being said, we've got a very special show today. Uh, We've got Steve Ronaldo in, and we also have Jim Novell with... The Coal Transportation Museum, Coal Land Transportation Museum, I should say, and uh, this is up in Maine, and it's a part of NAM. Uh, they're they're a member of NAM, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to Jim. Jim, how are you doing this morning? I'm
2: great. Thanks for having me. Hi, Jim. Steve Ronaldo here. How are you doing? I'm great, Steve. Thanks. Good.
1: Good. Well, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it like a cow walking through a pasture and, and get right to the information. Oh, uh, Steve just made a face. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna. Uh, uh, how much uh, snow's left up in Maine?
3: Oh, there's no snow left. We're actually uh, as soon as I get off the phone here, I gotta cut my grass. So, oh my uh, goodness, we're in summer.
2: There uh, you've gotten there. Whereabouts are you? Are you actually located your your museum, Jim?
3: We are located in Bangor Maine, which is pretty much the geographical center of the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, at the and the, the city of Bangor is at the uh, sits along the Penobscot River, and uh, we have access. Uh, if you go into Bar Harbor and Acadia National Park, you will okay. right past our museum.
2: Oh, okay. I've been uh, I've been up there on a couple antique car tours, brass era car tours, fifteen and older, and. And then we've been over in Stowe a couple times for uh, the All English Car Meet that they do in
3: Stowe. Okay, the, so you probably went yeah. to yeah move.
2: Yeah, so we probably we may have you know I, I probably we I probably even been there one time in all the years I've gone on the old antique car tours uh, <laughs> with this stuff. Anyway, uh, it's kind of an interesting name, you know. Usually. When when you when you have a museum, it would be a antique car museum or a um, farm museum. You could fit in a whole bunch of different things. Uh, yeah. w- explain, just you know, I'm just curious. The the land transportation name. It's kind of an interesting name for a museum.
3: Sure. Uh, well, our founder was a gentleman named uh, Galen Cole, and he owned. Uh, and ran Coles Express Trucking, which is a regional trucking company here in uh, New England and started by his father in 1917. And he always, as it, he's always been in love with cars. He's always wanted a museum. And uh, he thought that if he captured, having been heavily involved with transportation throughout the state, uh, he if he captured everything from roller skates to locomotives uh, and then used that to showcase the pioneer spirit, other the people from the state of Maine and how they use these tools to, to break snow. And uh, his father actually was the first person to plow the roads north of here before the state could even do it uh, to open up commerce with the agricultural uh, regions up in Aroostook County and, and uh, get his business going up there earlier in the year. They used to have to wait until uh, late March. Uh, to get in there, and and he he went ahead and and, uh, and started plowing in early March, so he could get in. They they just they stopped driving uh, once they got too much snow, and and he uh, he figured out a way to get up there. And people told me it was crazy. Uh, so that's just one example of of the pioneer spirit, and uh, there's several of them. And uh, the unique thing about the museum is everything in there is donated by private citizens or businesses uh, or towns from the state. Uh, we started the museum in 1989, and uh, Mr. Cole put out in all the local papers, or all the state papers, uh, that he was going to start a transportation museum specific to vehicles used in Maine, and before they even broke that, broke ground, they had 70 pieces donated. So, that's probably a, a long story to a short answer, but uh, that's uh, that's really uh, a good explanation of everything.
1: How many uh, square feet do you have up there?
3: So. one acre. 40,000 square feet. That's pretty good size. Pretty good. Oh, it's 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 a it's a substantial building, and uh, it's tough to heat. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I kn-
2: so the basic premise is this is all main used equipment. Yeah, well, that's that, exactly that's right. Cool. That's really neat. I like that idea. I was looking through the list of stuff that that you you uh, have, and some of these things are are really really pretty interesting uh devices that you guys guys have up here
3: oh um, yeah they're uh, they're really unique uh we have four versions of the model T uh we have the model T snowmobile which is the snowmobile snowmobile conversion kit that sure with the
2: with the skis on the front yep and those weird weird tires on the back with like a, like <laughs> paddles on the back yep yeah, that's pretty cool. That's I have I have a I have a T two, so I'm somewhat familiar with Model Ts. But down in Atlanta, uh-huh. I don't think we'd need the snowmobile one.
3: No, you don't. I live there. You need the <laughs> air. You need air conditioning. Yeah, right air now, okay.
2: condition. Air conditioning <laughs> one. Yeah. What other Model Ts do you have?
3: We have a Model T uh, tractor, uh, which has got the tractor conversion on it. I saw that.
2: I saw that. Here's that's someone the the from Sears, right?
3: Yep. That's correct.
2: Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell, You know, explain the conversion and, and what that stuff from Sears. That's pretty interesting, I think.
3: Well, as as far as I understand it, and and uh, I'm I'm not the curator, but uh, the the you could buy the conversion kit for ninety nine dollars, uh, and then you essentially removed your wheels, put the tractor, uh, the steel tractor tires on uh, with the paddles to, to get into the earth, and uh, you had a poor man's tractor. Uh, and then uh, you could work your your small gentleman farm or uh, whatever piece of earth you had. And then when it was time to go to town, you could put your wheels back on. Uh, that's the uh, reader's really digest.
2: so yeah. it wasn't a permanent. You did I mean it was not something that was hard to do.
3: No, no, no. You could you ordered it from Sears and Roebuck. I, I believe it was ninety nine dollars. I think we have a brochure actually in front of the tractor and I, and and am confident that it yeah. is for bucks yeah I remember
2: I just, seeing it I've got, you've got yeah. so much stuff listed here I can't I, while we were talking about it I can't <laughs> put my finger on it here
3: yeah well it's uh, I've, I've been there for a year uh, and I'm still finding stuff that I haven't I swear they're putting in at night when I'm yeah. not there I've never
2: never uh, never heard of, of, of that, that that kind of a thing you know there's two National Model T clubs: Model T Ford Club International, and Model T Ford Club of America. You know, I'm sure if you could write up a story for the magazine, I, 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 I think you would. That would be a really cool thing for you to do. Something that would would uh, uh, you could take off and use.
3: Well, I think, uh, and that's really what the way we're going. Um, doing uh, doing this show uh, with you folks today. Um, we had a feature in the USA Today uh, special edition for D Day because we have volunteers that are D Day veterans. We do another another side of the museum is uh, veteran support. Um, Galen, uh, our founder, is a World War II veteran, uh, and uh, revamping the web page, getting involved with social media, uh, all of those things we've brought on board in the last year. Uh, because we really are unique, and uh, like you said, you probably you, you've never heard of a museum just featuring land transportation It's always been brass era or sure,
2: like water. owls head yeah. Owl, like yep. owls head yep.
3: up in Maine exactly exactly. and uh, <clears throat> so I'm trying to we as a collective uh, are trying to reach out to those. We had the antique uh, truck Club of America, the pine tree chapter, the main chapter. Come to the museum a couple weeks ago uh, with their trucks and and uh, explore the museum, and we're trying to do things like that to to make folks uh, nationwide more aware of, of uh, just how unique we are.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I I think that I think the article for the the, the two Model T clubs would would go over really well with that stuff.
3: Well, that's that's I appreciate that, and I'm writing it down right now. So. Uh, you keep coming up with a good idea then I'll stay on the phone. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. How <laughs> uh, have you talked you just just in kicking around some ideas and we'll go back to some of the stuff you have. Have have you talked to the Antique Automobile Club of America's museum? I was on I was on the national board for several years and our museum is part of Smithsonian and the guys down in Hershey might be able to, to help you out, give you some contacts, uh, do that kind of stuff. Mike at the, uh, I just can't think of his last name, last name, the curator of the AACA Museum in Hershey. I don't know if you've talked to him about stuff.
3: No, I haven't. I've started locally uh, with the folks at Seal Coles and head and uh, some of our other <coughs> museums, not even specifically. Um, uh, vehicle or car related uh the, the bangor history museum uh for instance the booth bay railroad museum sure
2: i know that well, i've been there
3: and uh we're trying to i'm trying to kind of create a, a conglomerate of museums here locally where we can support each other uh because none of us uh have structures where you could spend a day or, or you know like the smithsonian uh weeks uh, but we all have great places, all within a, an hour or so drive of each other. That you could spend an hour yeah. uh, or two. Uh, people spend up to three or four in our place. Uh, and uh, so I'm starting locally, uh, like all good grassroots movements, to, to get the word out. And then uh, once I've captured that, then I'm going to I'm going to push to regional. We have a huge amount of, of tourists that come up starting this weekend. Uh, oh yeah, and. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying very hard to, to, to get them as they come into the state. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then eventually we actually have a few pieces in, um, in uh, uh, Double Clutch, uh, the trucking magazine and, uh, and a few more trucking magazines. Because one of the things we're trying to find out is if we possess um, the largest collection of one company's trucking history, uh, from horse-drawn wagon to turnpike, local, uh, turnpike eighteen-wheeler, uh, uh, with the Coles Express collection that we have, uh, we have the, the wagon that they started, and we have their uh, their turnpike eighteen-wheeler. And uh, we're coming up on our 25th anniversary next year. Uh, this time next year will be have uh, been open 25 years, and we're trying to to kind of prove that fact or have anyone dispute it, and then we're going to showcase that uh, during our anniversary year.
2: Yeah, cool. I was just up at Auburn for the the um, uh, the big, you know, the big uh, auction and stuff up there, and the AACA National Meet. Just I, they had a good idea because there's right around there. There's so many car and transportation related things. They they had a a, a, a passport that you get a ticket and you, and you punch it each time you go and there was something at the end I can't remember. But it was it was pretty cool. We went to three of them. I think they had six listed, and we went to three of them. We couldn't do them all. That's a great idea. Yeah, and and uh, that that might be something that might work because there's so much stuff around Auburn, South Bend, all of that stuff up in there, car, car stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway... Uh, I was looking at, in your list, and I'm on the third page, Chariots. This isn't one that, uh, Charlton Heston <laughs> used, is it? Doesn't no. Doesn't have the, the spoke cutter that comes out? No, it doesn't.
3: <laughs> but it, we do have a few Chariots, uh. I don't, I, I, that's
2: what comes to mind. When you see Chariots, I can, I just see Ben-Hur.
3: Well, they are that style. Really? Uh, really. But, uh, it's kind of those, one of those quirky little pieces of history. From up here, we have, uh, um. Harness racing is big up here uh, with the horse and, and okay. the, the rider. That's the sulky, the sulky, the sulky thing? Yeah, with the sulky. And uh, Allie Cole, the founder of Cole Express, was a huge horseman, uh, And he would have, uh, he trained horses. He was uh, involved with the Shriners, uh, Mounted Guard, all those things. And oh, okay. he would take, uh, during the intermissions of the harness racing uh, at Bass Park, which it was right, up, right across the street from Coles Express. And he he would have his employees and him, they would kind of entertain the crowd with these chariot races.
1: Cool. <laughs>
2: that's pretty interesting.
1: Jim, so, I'm, yeah, hold- I'm, I'm going to have to break in right quick. We're going to have to take our first break. We'll be back with more of Jim Neville and talking about the Coal Transportation Museum. We'll be back right after this.
4: Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to americaswebradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And we do thank you for listening on this Memorial Day weekend. And we've got Jim Neville on from the Coal Land Transportation Museum up in Bangor, Maine. And we're glad to have him on. And we got Steve Ronaldo asking the questions, so I'll turn it back over to Steve.
2: Okay. Hey, another one I saw, I'm look, looking at your stuff, um... You, is the King Midget. I those things are really pretty cool.
3: Oh yeah, we uh we have the King Midget, we have uh of course the the classic Volkswagen Beetle and then uh the the beauty of the King is is uh, people can't believe that it was, uh, that it was a road ready car. Uh you know, and I always tell them it's the original smart car.
2: Yeah, 50 miles to plus a
3: gallon. Yeah, yeah. and uh I said, I tell them that it was. Folks get when they stop at that. I tell them it was, you know. What's uh, uh, a two-cylinder engine, isn't it? It's a two-cylinder engine, and, and it uh, it's eco-friendly before eco-friendly was uh, even a word.
2: Yeah, that, I think they're 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 kind of a, a cool deal. That, but they they, if I remember right, looking at my father's popular science and popular mechanics, that's where they advertise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not. There was no hard to find a king midget dealer. I would imagine.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I weigh two hundred and twenty pounds. I, I wouldn't be able to fit in one. So. so, so you. Really you <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I don't think so. I, I, have, I have a couple of buddies like that. I have. I've had MGs forever, and I, I have a couple, three friends that are six four or something, and they. Mm-hmm. I don't ever have to worry about them taking my car for a ride. no. <laughs> They're gonna do it. Uh, the other thing that, that, that kind of uh, several of the things that kind of interesting to me um, was the camper. Is that a is that a a, a pull camper or one that you you you
3: drive? No, the uh, pop up camper is it's a tow behind, uh, and it was I want to say nineteen. 19- 24, uh, yeah, vintage. That's, yeah, that's, it says 25, 25, uh, well, yeah. I was off by Well, no. that doesn't matter. No, and, uh, and it was used until the 90s, and, uh, it, it, it full all folds up and, uh, inside itself, so you just have the trailer, uh, and then, uh, you get there, and it pops up, and, you know, it takes a little finagling to get the right poles in the right position and get it leveled, but sleeps 4, it's got a small little, uh, kitchenette, uh, in it and uh canvas is uh it's canvas is holding up remarkably well and the people that the family that gave it to us uh had used it right up until really uh, right up until they gave it to us in the early 90s uh and they they had the whole scene they had a uh uh, an old ford pickup truck that they that they used on weekends to tow the camper and they would go to different campgrounds and kind of set up primitive style right next to the people with the multi you know multi-room rvs so pretty uh, unique piece there
2: yeah that is kind of interesting I, I have you ever seen the ford um model the model t camper that's what i thought this might be there's only three yeah. or four known The ford had had a guy commissioned to make it and you'd slide in the back and things folded out of the side, and he had a water tank on the roof and, it, and the pipe wrapped around the exhaust so you could take a hot shower. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really kind of... And the the coolest part to me was the picture. The guy that invented these things and had they showed the back of the camper open and this guy was laying in the back with two young hotties from the 20s, <laughs> one on with his arm around each one. He had the biggest smile you can imagine. <laughs>
3: I would. I don't blame
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting. the uh, The Lincoln. It's a uh, that you have sort of bol- uh, on your list. It's a thirty eight. Is it a V twelve? Yes. Yeah, that's a cool car. Convertible sedan.
3: No, this is not a convertible. Oh,
2: just a a, a regular sedan. Mount Kino yeah. Hotel. That much. Yeah. I don't know Mount Mount Kino. Kino. Yeah,
3: Kino. Kino you're correct.
2: Yeah, where did, where is where is that place? I'm just you, uh, your relationship
3: uh, to you. Well, the Kino Hotel doesn't exist anymore, but Mount Kino is in uh, in Moosehead Lake. It's actually a mountain in the middle of uh, of Moosehead Lake, which is our largest lake uh, up in the north uh, north northern section of Maine. Probably another hour and a half drive from here. Uh, at one point uh, in the early twenties, uh, they had what was called um, rusticators or rust. Uh, basically uh people from the big city that wanted to go up to the north uh, woods to vacation uh but they wanted all the comforts of home so it was a big beautiful luxurious hotel 18 hole golf course you had to take a ferry to it um really how cool and uh and then uh, of course when when the depression hit it it, uh, it it suspiciously burned down uh but uh it was never rebuilt and the travel by rail uh uh, kind of, with the advent of the the automobile, uh, after it just kind of faded. In the 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 hotel was never rebuilt. There's still trips that go out there. Actually, my son is is planning on going out uh, next week to hike Mount Uh But it's a beautiful, beautiful spot. It's it's uh, one of those unique places that really only exist up here in Maine.
2: Cool. Yeah, Maine's a, Maine's a very. We have friends that live in Wiscasset. Uh huh. And we go up and spend some time up there uh that it is a beautiful uh, all of New England we'll be going up there in the fall for a there'll be a, a um uh a a c a founders tour that will be up there for a week in that whole area running around <laughs> moving from place to place uh, a couple other things uh that I think are pretty cool the snowmobile boland's caterpillar <laughs> <laughs> I thought Boland's made lawnmowers.
3: Oh, they did. Uh, and uh, we also have a Harley-Davidson snowmobile.
2: Really? Harley-Davidson made a snowmobile?
3: Yes. Uh, it, they did not for long. Um, and uh, the, the Boland's Caterpillar, uh, we have a Fox track. We have the Harley-Davidson. We actually have a snow motorcycle. Uh, was snow motorcycle? Quite- how, how, how does that look? It, uh, well, it looks like something I would never want to ride. That's what it looks like. <laughs> a <laughs> ski it, it, on the front sort of thing? It's got a ski on the front, and it's got a long, about three-foot-long track on the back. And in the middle uh, is a seat, uh, and handlebars and throttle are all up there, just like you would on a bicycle. Uh, that was a
2: short-lived was, deal, I'll bet you.
3: Yeah, it was... Um, I, I, and I'm going my memory here, but I think it was a military experiment gone wrong. Uh, and,
2: and <laughs> no, that never
3: happened. <laughs> this is the first one, right? The only yes, one. Probably the only one. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, they, um, they, then they tried to market it to the civilian market, and it never really caught on. Uh. I
2: wonder why. <laughs> when you get the Harley-Davidson snowmobile, do I have to get an earring and tattoos?
3: No, you don't. But you do have to wear a leather jacket. Oh, okay. No matter what.
2: Yeah, I just, I just wondered if we had to, 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 uh, uh, to do that kind, of, do that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, another one that, 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 I thought is really weird that I've never. You guys have some of the most peculiar things. The dentist chair on a wagon.
3: Oh yes, that's. Uh, we have a. Um, uh, an area, here <clears throat> part of the main is, is called Down East, uh, which is essentially <clears throat> east of Bangor, uh, out on the coast. Uh, little towns like Jonesport, Jonesboro, uh, fishing towns, um, Deer Isle, Stonington, lobster uh, towns. Um, and their population didn't support having a dentist in every town, so we had a dentist, a uh, traveling dentist, uh, down there named Dr. Mansfield. And uh, he's actually on our webpage, uh, The Dentist Chair, is our featured exhibit uh, this month. But uh, he would send notice to towns um, that he would be in town uh, for you know, a certain amount of days and the dates and uh, <clears throat> where he would be staying. And then he would pull into town with his wagon, with a dentist chair and, and the tools in the wagon, put the wagon in the in the stable or barn or whatever, uh, under cover. And then if you need your tooth pulled, you would... Uh, go to the hotel and make an appointment with him and he'd take you out in the wagon and <clears throat> and pull your tooth.
2: That's um, a nice guy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he was doing it. And there's some articles on, on the website about him doing uh, tooth extractions for 25 cents.
2: For a quarter?
3: And, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> part of that whole exhibit is, 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 is um, his drill, which is foot-powered. So foot-powered. If you can put that in, in your mind's eye of being in a barn in a wagon with a dentist uh, pumping away on his foot drill in the, <laughs> trying and him, to get and him trying to hold the drill steady. <laughs> right.
2: well, I didn't mean to drill a hole in your chin but you know my foot slipped.
3: <laughs> and he was also an optometrist. Uh, so you could the whole uh, the eyes and, and teeth checked uh, all in one day.
2: Really? That's really cool. That's, that's really interesting stuff. And how long did this guy go around?
3: Oh he stayed in, in this the the, the Notice that we have on display in the museum was in 1897. Uh, his notice that he would be in Jonesboro from Jonesport. He kept he kept doing uh, dentistry until into his 90s, uh, and then he retired and uh, and moved down to I believe North Carolina.
2: <laughs> Pretty interesting stuff. I, uh the other thing I like is the 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 Concorde buggy made in the the uh, state prison. <laughs> if, if I remember right and, and I and I may be wrong, doesn't Maine the state prison still do crafty stuff the prisoners and don't they have a big gift shop there?
3: That's exactly right. Uh...
2: I remember going there and it was pretty amazing that I like the, the the handmade shanks that they had for sale.
3: Any uh, anything from <laughs> toilet, toilet seats and cribbage boards, which is a, a popular game up here, and uh, I, I've been there too. I went with my grandfather uh, uh, as a boy, and, and uh, I thought it was the neatest thing in the world. I, I should go back.
2: Yeah, I remember. I think we bought a, a kaleidoscope there with a marble in it or something weird like that. <laughs> it was just really cool. Yeah. You know, they, yeah, you, you know, you go up there and they say you really got to go to the state prison. <laughs> what for? Oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> Another thing that I think is really kind of interesting. I'm sure you know the BMW motorcycles and all that, and that some of that stuff is the air hose. You have a listed, oh. and you have listed as an exhibit an air hose. Yep. What's the deal with that? You know, an air hose is not something that people normally would show you.
3: Well, it's um, it's the old school. Uh, we have three or four old um, fuel pumps, fuel tanks, uh, gas station uh, pumps, where you pump it up and you fill it up to 10 gallons and then uh, yes. uh, the bulb on the top. Yeah, those are cool. they are beautiful. We have, and in that section, we have the air hose and bib, uh, which is it's on a pole uh, with a long hose and then... It hangs out over, and then you can use that to go to all four of your tires, uh, and it's just, uh, just one of those neat eclectic pieces that uh, that our founder actually picked that up, and uh, and you know, when he when he wants something, he's going to get it uh, in his museum, and uh, he convinced the people to donate it, and uh, it's 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 just in there with uh, a lot of the other stuff that we have that's uh, kind of. You, you've never seen before.
2: No, I know. I never, I, I never uh, heard of that. I like the the pe- potato wagon too. The the carib- Oh, oh, wait, he wants to take Jim. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, Jim. we be okay. right back.
4: Okay. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to JCTaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
0: This is Michael Gonneau with Insight to Israel. Every day the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out.
4: the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And thank you for listening on this Memorial Day weekend. We appreciate you tuning in, and we're glad to have Mr. Jim Novell on from the Coal Land Transportation Museum in Maine. Um, Jim, I was just curious, with all of the uh, assortment of, and I I don't mean to be putting it down, but things, uh, that's stuff, whatever, that you all have you've got to have and and you didn't send us any of these but you got to have some of the uh some some great comments from kids that have toured your museum that have never seen or what in the world is that type thing you know
3: oh we do we do and uh we actually we we oh well, just yesterday i had 120 kids there on a, on a field trip and 100 is about the number uh, that we have every day during the school year. Uh we open uh May 1st and then and they're booked from May 1st until mid-June when they get out of school. Uh and then they come back uh in the fall and we're open till November 11th and we're booked pretty solid from mid-September until then. Uh and it's just uh it's a really neat experience to give those kids a tour. Um, uh, of the place and, uh, another great thing that one of my favorite things to do and, and yeah, some people may consider it you know, a little strange is when I see a, a grandfather come in with their grandson or, uh, an a older gentleman with his son and you know, uh, and they go through, I'll follow them around, uh, maybe one aisle over and just listen to the, to the grandfather. It's, ex- it's, ex- get excited about, uh, the, the farming equipment that he used to use when yeah, he his cool. farm. Though. Well, or those type of things
1: do you do you have a most memorable uh, statement by a child
3: uh not not i mean they we we like to call them the wow factors uh we have probably 15 or so artifacts that when they see them they just they're amazed uh, uh there's the giant cleat track snow plow with an 18 foot wingspan uh, that gets four gallons to a mile Uh huh. The, the the Model T snowmobile.
1: That, that that obviously is not a green machine.
3: No, it is not. <laughs> it is not. Uh, it's so large that um, a couple of the pieces, uh, which is another wow factor. I always try to ask the kids on during the tours. You know, how do you think we got these? The locomotive, for example, and the and the box car and the caboose. How did we get this into the museum? And they always, you know, they come up with these really. You never know what you're going to hear. You take it apart and you put it back together. You took the roof off and flew it in by a helicopter, uh, <laughs> things like that. And every once in a while, a kid will get it right, and uh, he'll say, you know, you put the train here and then you built the museum around it, which is what we did um, with the train and a couple of the large piles. But it's just,
1: Obviously, with that statement, you all aren't planning on moving any soon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I don't want no. If they do, I hope it's after I leave. Uh, well, you can
2: always cut a hole in the roof and take it out with a helicopter.
3: That's exactly right. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll contact. I'll contract that kid in 15 years after he graduates from engineer school, and we'll <laughs> we'll get it figured out.
2: Do you guys have with this kind of stuff a re- your own restoration shop? Do you, do you or or does things that you have are unrestored, or they come to you and this is what you see get, and this that no more.
3: No, no, we um at the time uh, when we were take we don't take anything new, uh, not new we don't take any additional artifacts right now, uh just because of the way we're structured with we, we promise these people, um, and this is a large portion of our program with the children, it goes beyond just showing the stuff it's uh, promises made and promises kept. Uh, we promised these people that donated these pieces to us, that we would keep them on display in first class shape, uh, uh, for the public to see for from now until eternity. Uh, so where we're at capacity, uh, for us to take something else in, uh, it's kind of like Congress trying to pass an amendment or any type of bill right now. I don't know. Um, but, uh, we, um, we did do our restoration. Uh, I have a great video. We have a McCann fire truck, uh, that, Probably took a thousand hours. Uh, we have a garage across the street, a small two bay garage, uh, and all the restoration is done by volunteers uh, in the early '90s when we were getting pieces and and put in, putting putting them uh, putting some finishes touches on them. Or, or uh, in the McCann's case, it was a total restoration. Uh, but now we don't. We have uh, a curator, and uh, and she is responsible for. Uh, caring for and archiving uh, digitally uh, everything that we have uh, on the artifacts, and, and uh, it will remain as it is, uh, which is both a, a blessing and a curse. Uh, because uh, once someone from here comes in and sees everything, uh, it, you know, it, what's the reason for them to come back again the next summer? True. Uh, but yeah. but we are lucky enough to have so much stuff, uh, uh, really interesting stuff that you never see it all in one visit. Uh, heck, you don't see it, and I've been there a year, and I haven't seen it at all. Uh, so, but uh, no, we don't do restorations; we just do care.
2: Oh, just repair. You just have a maintenance guy, sort of, huh?
3: Uh, yeah, we have a, we have a maintenance man. We have, uh, and the curator she cleans uh, cleans everything, and uh, we get a lot of fingerprints. Uh, this is it's not keep to mind. Don't, don't pay attention to chains or ropes or barriers of any sort sometimes
2: <laughs> yeah and I bet you know in and, and you're know, the kind of museum and, and the way you the the way you sound about this stuff is I, I it's probably not one of these whatever you do don't touch this or you'll die you probably have, oh
3: no no yeah no, no.
2: that that's cool that's the best kind of museum where somebody can come in and and you know especially the the kids and you know look at this stuff
3: no we uh we actually have some exhibits that they can go they can go through the caboose uh, which is set up exactly like it was so it's got the beds uh, made um, it's got the bathroom uh, in there the, the toilet and the kitchen area and the, the area where they would sit to and they can go through that uh, the train station they can go into the box car uh, and there's some we have some other displays uh, we have a great display for the kids so they can see how the different types of brakes work they can actually push the pedal and see the brake gauge on the wheel um and we have a cutaway of a big diesel uh big diesel engine so they can look in there and see the gears and see how the pistons work uh, how all that works uh so it's 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 more interactive than than you would think at the beginning and uh no i don't i encourage the kids to be excited and, and i think if you if you stifle that because, you know, don't run, don't have fun uh, type attitude, then and they're not going to have fun and they're not going to want to come back.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, Jim, let me ask, uh, have you had a father and son that the father went through it when you all first opened in 1990 <laughs> or thereabouts and then bringing back their son?
3: Yeah, we've had several of that. And uh, we had actually had our first um, the other day where – we, had, um, we do a veteran interview program uh, as part of the field trip where the kids come in and they sit down for an hour, three kids per veteran, uh, and that's usually middle school kids. Well, we had a group from Machias come in, and the teacher was a young lady, uh, and she said, you know, I did this when I was a kid, uh, and I, you know, it kind of caught me off guard. I said, you mean you came in here uh, as a student, as a middle stu- student? She's like, yes, yeah, I interviewed that gentleman right there. Uh, who was a, a World War Two veteran named Norm Rosignol and I said really, and then she went on further and said, and then I went to the University of Maine and I got a scholarship from the Cole Foundation uh, to become a teacher, and I said really, and she said now I'm paying it forward by bringing my class here, so uh, that uh, that's
2: a great we, thing you're doing. That's that's a, that's a that's good cool. thing. cool. Yeah. Being a, being a vet myself, I've done a few few things like like that. I uh, with. Uh, There was a World War II guy, a Korean guy, and myself would go to schools. And I I know Dave's heard it, but just kind of a quick funny story we're talking about that, because it was on Memorial Day or around that time. A young kid came over and he says, So you were in Vietnam? And I said, Yeah. He said, Well, what did you do when you ran out of gunpowder? And I thought a second, and I said, I hit him on the head with my musket.
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we uh and that's kind of how we <clears throat> we 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 try to uh, tie the, the the veteran interview in and then that's also a promises made promises kept concept that we give the kids that you know these veterans made a promise and they did their best to keep it so you should do the same and then we tie that into the museum promise and uh we we figure if we reach uh and then at the yeah. end we challenge challenge the children to go home and interview their their relatives that are veterans, like they do these complete strangers, to capture their family history, and we figure if we reach twenty-five to thirty percent of those kids and they actually follow through with it, uh, uh, then we're doing we're definitely doing a good deed. That's for the
1: a day. great patriotic builder. Jim, I, yeah. I'd like to ask too. You've been talking about and like the teacher coming in. She teaches there in Maine. Uh-huh. Are you are you getting a good cross section of folks, or ninety percent of your uh, tourists? Uh, coming in from Maine or well what how would you break down your your national uh, exposure
3: well we've got visitors every year we get visitors from all 50 states uh, we have a, a decent amount of international tourists um, one of the things that we have is we're uh, when I say international I'm only an hour and a half drive from, from New Brunswick Canada uh, and so we have a lot of Canadian tourists that come in and we, where Bangor International Airport is, uh, is quite a um, international airport for for flights coming to the United States, and people tend to lay over in Maine for a day or two. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, we had a person from Belize the other day who landed in the morning. Her flight out to the to the left coast of the United States wasn't until the afternoon, and she came. She saw the museum from the air because it was right on the flight path uh and so she came over she took a cab over and, and explored it um we do well uh with in-state folks but we could do better um and uh as far as we we do we average our average over our 24 years in existence is 17,000 visitors uh our three-year average is around 15 and a half and uh we're looking to increase that mark uh, by about 15% this year is, is my target, and we're well on track. Our first month is is uh, probably 12% over our, our May three-year average. and uh, we, we, we certainly get a lot of regional tourists. Uh, when I say regional, I mean you know the six-hour drive, uh, people coming up to Acadia National Park from New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and those places. And as far as the children come, we have field trips that come from Kittery, which is the very southern tip of Maine. Oh yeah,
2: the outlet center of New England. Yeah. my wife knows that well.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she does. <laughs> and uh, and that's the, and then Fort Kent, which is the northern tip of Maine, uh, and and then everywhere from the down east Machias, and then out west to to Farmington. Uh, so. We get, a, we get a pretty substantial coverage of, of the state's uh, middle schoolers, because uh, that's what we target when they're working on Maine history. Uh, they do that in the eighth grade, I believe. Uh, and then we have, you never know what's going to We had a family from Wisconsin uh, on Thursday that planned their vacation and came out here to uh, to Maine, and they were down on the coast, and it was raining and miserable, and, and uh, they found one of our brochures, and they were in the museum for four and a half hours and promised that they would be coming back today. So we'll see. Cool.
2: That's that's really good. Uh, A couple other interesting things before before we uh, go. A crawler. I have absolutely no idea what a crawler is.
1: I I tell you, let's hold that thought for one second, and we'll take take our final break. Okay. We'll be back right after this.
0: This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. Thank you, God bless Patriot Conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Rinaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m.
4: on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And we do thank you. You're back on the classic car show. Mr. Steve Ronaldo's in and at the round table. We're missing Mr. Weber today, but uh Jim's up in your part of the world, uh, as a matter of fact, Jim. I think. We, uh, we've we got uh Jim Neville on from the Coal Land Transportation Museum. And, you know, uh, Steve just made the statement, Jim, and, and I totally concur. That you all are doing it right. Uh, there's one thing to walk through a museum and and uh, push a button and listen to this or that or or you know it, it just it, but it's not the same of smelling and touching and and so forth. Uh, not not that you totally go for that, but at, at the same time, it uh, doesn't doesn't tear you up if a kid touches the fender. So um we we respect what you're doing and respect uh the Cole foundation and the family uh for letting you be an open door policy almost
3: well we're really proud of that uh we're really we as a collective as an organization we're really proud of uh of just how unique we are and, and uh, just um our ability to influence uh at the foundation side of the house we we try to do more for the people of Maine than any other not not-for-profit uh, with the assets we have, and a huge. The, you know the focal point of all that is is that is, is our museum and uh, and making it an enjoyable experience for people, specifically children, uh, to come in and and learn about uh, some of the pioneer attitudes that our uh, our forefathers of this state, which is a it's a rugged state that you don't live here uh, without being tough when you any given morning from november until april you wake up and have three feet of snow that you're gonna do battle with so we try to we're we're really proud of it
1: do you uh how did you exactly get involved
3: (laughs) well i uh i was actually down there about a year ago and in in uh, at fort benning georgia Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. i retired from the marine corps in may of last year uh after 22 years and i'm a Maine boy uh by birth and born and raised here went to the university of maine uh, right up the road from from bangor to orono and uh my wife is from maine and and we started looking for uh, our retirement place uh and uh it was we wanted to come back here and uh, you're supposed so to I, go
2: south when you retire you're not supposed <laughs> to go north you got lost this
3: is the, this is the first retirement my second retirement <laughs> uh, from, from the museum in 25 or 30 years maybe i'll go south but uh <laughs> so we ended up uh i had my degree in education my plan was to come back here and teach and, and do a little coaching and this position became available uh and i knew a little bit about it i've been here in the museum uh and uh I knew what they did for veterans, which is a huge. uh, Yeah, that's cool.
2: I really am impressed with that. A lot.
3: I mean, that's a huge uh, personal thing for me. Uh, It it tears me up that that some of these folks are coming home, and the number that I hear is twenty-two. Twenty-two veterans are committing suicide. That just tears me up. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I I thought it was perfect, and I could not be happier with uh, the position I'm in right now. Uh, I can't. I can't see myself doing anything else. So that's always a good thing.
1: That is. that, that should, is, I, should I tell what? him my Paris <laughs> Island story? <laughs> well, we ought to, I think we ought to just talk about his movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so <laughs> at, at, at this point, uh, from what you said, you're not taking any new pieces in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see at some point that you will?
3: We have a procedure in place uh, where someone was to pro- propose something to us that was just we have to have. Uh, we would we would have to a determine what we would take out. Uh, there are vehicles in there that come from the Cole family. Uh, which is our first fish, uh, but they're all pretty cool. Uh, the, the Pontiac Torpedo, the sixty-one, uh, the Ford. Uh, there's just so many things in there that. Uh, and then the board would vote, and the volunteers, who are a huge portion of how we exist, uh, have a vote and then uh, if the vote is over two thirds majority that uh, we want the piece and the piece that is gonna go out uh and then then we can execute um but it would have to be something really really uh unique
1: yeah, now well, we do have it's, space a, up. It's, it's sort of interesting when you say you take a piece out does it it just goes back to the owner or or how do you
3: we dispose wouldn't know of it? because i haven't uh we haven't we haven't had that uh uh, we haven't reached that when, point yet.
2: When you say been. unique, what? Just t- give me an idea. Of what What would it really take to knock your socks off? Would that
3: say? Yeah,
2: something really I, cool.
3: I would love to have a, a Lombard log hauler. Perhaps uh, uh, Lombard is the man that made the the track. The, the The modern concept of the tank track came from a man named Lombard uh, from Waterville, Maine. Uh, he had a fella uh, that worked for him that moved out to, to I think it was Wisconsin that uh, invent and that made some uh, improvements to the track and created Caterpillar. But um, uh, it's a it's a steam powered log moving machine uh, that uh, was pr- used in the North Maine woods during our lumber heyday. At one point, where the Maine was the lumber capital of the world. Uh, and it's just a big beautiful machine there's actually some up there uh, in the woods that I've hiked to uh, that you know once the lumber industry tanked uh, they just it was cheaper just to leave those machines in the woods I'd love to have one of those for example uh, and speaking of that you asked about the forts and crawler that's a machine that we found uh, they found in the woods uh, and they uh, extracted it uh, with a lot of uh, removal and things like that and uh, and brought it to the museum and reconditioned it and uh, and made it into uh, a first-class display so those was all kind of neat things that happen here
2: that's cool so all you guys in Maine with the Lombard machine he needs one
3: <laughs> it's a pretty big machine so uh,
2: <laughs> a new building we need then we need a building program huh
3: yeah well I'd, I'd probably put it uh, I'd love to put be able to put it outside uh, as an eyepiece As people come up, uh, uh, we're right at the the 395 and the 95 exchange. Uh, We capture such a huge portion of the traffic flowing uh, out to Acadia National Park and Bar Harbor. They go right past the museum. Uh, So I'd love to have something that I could put out there that, that just makes people want to take the next exit and come see us.
2: That's cool. That is cool. And remember, if you're going to Bar Harbor in the summer, make reservations. (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes,
2: <that's it. laughs> I found that out one
3: time You just don't drive there No, no,
2: no, no, no. That's not going to happen So anyway, we haven't got a whole lot of time left uh, Again, uh, uh, tell tell us exactly where you're located uh-huh. Phone Your website. numbers Website Website, anything that you, you can to help people find you Phone numbers, anything you can think of
3: Will do. We are located at 405 Perry Road in Bangor, Maine. It's, uh, it's real simple to get to when you get on and off the, You take the 95 north uh, or south, and you get off on the 395 east, and you take the farm road exit and follow the signs in. Uh, we're open May 1st to November 11th every day, 9 to 5. Uh, and we our website is www.colemuseum.org. And Cole is spelled C-O-L-E that gets some people sometimes uh, so it's C-O-L-E org, and you can call us at 207-990- 3600 and uh, we, we do events if you have a car club that wants to come and, and do a drive in and tour the museum uh, we offer discounted rates for clubs, um, our standard rate is $7 per person, oh
2: what a bargain
3: and uh Six dollars for for AAA members, uh, six dollars for ARP members, five dollars for seniors, sixty-two and under, and all children uh, eighteen years and old eighteen years old and younger are free. Uh,
2: what a great deal! I mean, how can you go wrong? What a wonderful way to spend some hours.
3: It's a great place. It's a great place to come any day. But uh, if you if you find yourself in town here visiting the great state, and you get blessed by one of our beautiful uh, liquid sunshine days. Uh, it's a great place to come on a rainy day and and uh it's kinda like a casino. We don't have any windows so you can get lost in there.
2: Uh how far are you from the you know, the Bar Harbor tourist area and, and forty
3: five minutes if 45 minutes today, uh, probably not today. Probably today is an hour and a half. But once the tourist season, <laughs> once the tourist season kicks off, it's about an hour, uh, just because there's one road in and one road out of that that uh, piece of maze.
2: Yeah. So, so if somebody was up there, and it is a really crummy day, and you everybody's driving you crazy. Say, let's go see the coal museum,
3: right? Yep, that's exactly right.
2: That's it. And I, I'm very impressed with 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 uh, uh, what you do. Oh thank you. Yeah, it sounds like a great place. I'll have to come up there and get the T shirt.
3: Well yeah, we don't have T shirts, but I I tell you what, I'll I'll give you a magnet or a hat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <That's good. laughs> Jim. Uh, stuff. Is there any uh last thing that you want to uh tell folks? We've got about uh a minute and a half.
3: Well, um I really think um I re- first of all, gentlemen, I appreciate you having me on. Uh it's a it's an exciting time up here in Maine. Uh, the Bangor region is really uh, despite some of the the national economic issues and and things like that, it's really taking off Uh, we have uh, a huge concert venue here, we have um, of course we have a casino, we have the horse horse track for um, harness racing and uh, it's a great place to bring your family you're never going to have better seafood, you're never going to have nicer people and uh, if you could Include a couple hours to come over to the Cole museum. You're not going to regret it, and it's something you—it's a piece of Maine history that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Right.
1: Now, now what was the deal about sending down Maine lobster? Lobster. uh, It ends in A. It ends in A Lobster. Okay. Well, you know, I I just thought (laughs) I'd check on that. I assume the package is in the mail.
3: Yes. uh, You're going to have to call Stephen Stephen King, our most famous Bangor resident.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He takes care of all
3: lobster issues.
2: He does? (laughs) Amongst other issues, I'm sure. (laughs) Really, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah.
3: Yep.
1: Well, Jim, I want to thank you for your time this morning. I hope we didn't get you out of bed too early.
3: No, no. The, the sun comes up pretty early out here in the east.
1: And uh, let's see, you're headed to your to uh, your grass to cut it. I did mine yesterday, so uh, I'm a day ahead of you on that.
3: Well, I had, we cut the grass at the museum on Fridays and at my house on Saturday. <laughs>
1: ah, okay. Well, I hope you have a good weekend, and uh, to all of our listeners, I, I hope you have a Good Memorial Day weekend, and, and the main thing about this weekend is remember what it's about. It's not about hot dogs and hamburgers. It's about the people that are serving and have served, and uh, they're very important to all
2: of yes. us. and Semper Fi, buddy.
3: Semper Fi to you, fellas. Thank you very much.